Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number quattro quattro of Unscripted. <laughs> I am your slightly bilingual host, Bill Petrie, and with me as the other host of this fine program is my good friend, good pal from Coshocton, Ohio, the birthplace of promotional marketing, <laughs> one Kirby Hossaman. Well, thanks, man. It's good to uh, good to be talking with you today. I'm excited to be here, and uh, always good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, always good to talk to you as well, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't thank our sponsor of this fine podcast, and that would be the good people at Unscripted, and I know you've been a, a long-time user of their platform. I know it allows you and your team to spend a hell of a lot less time entering orders and more time selling, which I think we all would like to do. Absolutely. And it keeps you organized, helps you look... Helps you look amazing in front of your clients, improves your workflow, and you get to see everything happening on a cloud-based dashboard. It's not a slow and outdated system. This is the 21st century, and being that it's cloud-based, you can check in on your orders anywhere you have internet access and a device to access said internet. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you know it's funny. I mean, one of the things that they talk about all the time are the presentations and the estimates, and those are great. But I actually do. That's one of the things I love about it is we can is the operations tab where you can check on where all your orders are at all times, which is really cool. That is that is really cool. So we encourage all of our listeners to. Go ahead and get a free trial by clicking on your internet browser of your choosing and go to cometskew.com backslash unscripted. Yep, check it out. Check it out. Well, Kirby, as always, I want to thank you for having the courage to do this podcast mm-hmm. as we record today. Do you have a topic or do you want me to go ahead and, uh, and fire one off? Um, I'll give uh, this will probably mine will be probably quick this time, so okay. I'll give, give you a couple here. But so um, as we're recording this early in the week, um, I put out a a uh, blog post, and you know, you and I have talked about this before, where you think, oh, this will be a great blog post, or this will be a great podcast, and no one listens or reacts or whatever. Um, this was one that we put out there. I wasn't sure, and it has really gotten a lot of feedback, and it is, it was about seven things that people need to stop doing on social media right away was one of them being an idiot <laughs> well i don't think i said it just quite like that but yes really it, it really was but it was it was so essentially what um, i want to cue you up and i'll give you a second to think about it but sort of social media pet peeves that you have and that's where this came from was just you know some things where i'd seen people misbehaving right uh, some of my clients were having to um, talk to talk to their team about you know hey don't complain about your coworkers on Facebook. They will see it. I mean, it seems like common sense stuff, but unfortunately, you know how that goes. Uh, it's not so common. And so, um, you know, it was uh, stop, you know, complaining about your coworkers. Stop complaining about your job. Stop mm-hmm. claiming free speech as the reason you get to be a jerk on Facebook. There were right. several, there's seven different things. And so I guess I wanted to put to you, you know, what are some of your sort of pet peeves or do you have some? 
Kirby, I'm so glad you asked me because <laughs> as as you were list, as you were writing and I was pretending to listen, or as you were talking and I was pretending to listen, I was writing down my answers. <laughs> Fair. So, um, and I, I was listening clearly because I didn't stumble over my words just a few seconds ago. <laughs> I think my number one pet peeve on social media is is the whining, just con- in- incessant yeah. bitching and moaning. And then you have the other side of that. Uh, a pet peeve of mine is people who are always terminally happy. I, I, so I, me. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think here, here's what I want out of social media. I want a little bit of reality. Sure. Right? And not every day is rainbows and lollipops. Sure. And not every day is also the worst day of your life mm. either. Yeah. And so I think it's just being authentic. I mean, you are a generally happy guy. And yeah, so when you – yeah, you are. And when you post something that's happy, that is authentic because I know you and I know that's you. Um, but it's not over-the-top happy where I'm just like you know, getting a stomachache from how sugary it is. So <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. It, it's just – it's the it's the people who use terms like amazeballs and awesome sauce and stuff <laughs> like that all the time. You know, that's cool once in a while. Yeah, sure. But not, not every day is awesome sauce. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, but it, do, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that it was funny because one of the people I was kind of referring to is there was actually this one person who – um, I didn't, I don't really know them, but they, um, are looking for a job right now and man, they are just, woe is me every day in, in, in their kind of process. And I'm like, you get the employers like, look at this, right? <laughs> like, so yeah. if you're constantly bitching and saying, what is wrong with me? Well, the employers are going to start asking the same question. <laughs> No, no question. But to get more specific, so the re- I mean, I, I kind of have joking with the always whining and always happy. I mean, a right. lot of people do that just to kind of get a, get a giggle or whatever. But I do hate the passive aggressive posts mm, on Facebook. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Drive me up a wall. And even more than that is is calling people out, but not by name. Right. You know, it's the. You know, I wish this person who I'm not going to mention didn't piss me off this morning. <laughs> so it starts to draw everybody off sides. Are they talking about Bob or Jeff or whoever or, or me, me or Kirby <laughs> or what? I mean, what's going on? Yeah. So if you're going to call somebody out on Facebook, which I would never advise to do. Yeah. But if you think it's important to go ahead and do that, then yeah. name names. Yeah. I mean, have the stones to name some names. Get some onions. And name the names. Like Kirby, I'm gonna after we get done with this podcast, I'm gonna post something horrifically critical about you. Trust me. You look <laughs> for it. I'm calling wait. you out. I, I I will probably not be on Facebook at that point, but that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. I'm no, joking, I like that course. though. That is and funny enough, that was like number two or number three was passive aggressive posts. So well, I, I I think everybody thinks that, yeah. but no one thinks they're passive aggressive. <laughs> that's that's one thing I've learned is yeah. that no one thinks they're the one who's passive aggressive. Everybody thinks that they're an above average driver and that they're great in bed. And Ex- whoa. <laughs> Now that everybody's sufficiently uncomfortable, why don't we go ahead and go on to our next topic? Jump um, in, man. Wow, my eardrum my eardrums are bleeding from that last comment. So I, I was thinking about this from a sales perspective, and we've got a lot of salespeople in the promotional products industry who listen to our podcast. Sure. And as salespeople, and when you're looking to hire salespeople, I think we always look for that um, the term tenacity always come up comes up. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want someone who's tenacious, who's always fighting for the sale. Mm -hmm. But you know what? There's a time when you kind of have to say it's not going to happen. And 
it goes to the point of just because everybody buys promotional products doesn't mean everybody's going to buy them from you. Sure. And, and it's kind of an art for a salesperson to understand when to keep pursuing, when to keep up the persistence, and then when to say, you know what, they're just not going to buy from me. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what specs sample I send. It doesn't matter how nicely I dress today. It doesn't matter anything I do. They're not going to buy from me. How do you train your salespeople as you bring people mm. into the organization and, and, it, and it's not something that can be taught. I, I, I think it can be taught, but there's some innateness about it. But how do you go about addressing that with new salespeople? No, it's a really good question. Um, You're damn right it's a good question. And, and luckily, I, I do have some thoughts about this. Uh, so number one, I'd say that you're right, Bill, but I would say most people err on the side of not following up enough. So for, for every person that, you know, doesn't, that, you know, that over follows up, there are 25 who don't follow up enough at all, right? So though I think that you're right that there's times where, hey, this person's not gonna do it, most, of, most people don't follow up enough. That's, that's my experience. And the, the second side of that is, in my opinion, usually when you do get annoying, and that's, that's when you feel desperate, it's because you don't have enough prospects in your funnel, right? It's, it's actually pretty easy to balance it out, or it's easier to balance it out when you have a plethora of prospects in your funnel because mm -hmm. it's because again you're spreading out your attention over those prospects if you've I, only got three <laughs> you can yeah. become annoying pretty quickly yeah and i agree with you and i disagree so let me start off with why i disagree okay because i think there comes a point where people are just doing activity to do activity mm -hmm. and if you don't have that that internal mechanism that tells you to shut it down with a specific prospect mm -hmm. all you're doing is wasting time and i think we would both agree that's the most valuable resource any person any salesperson has mm -hmm. let alone any any person in business so I, I think if you don't know when to shut it down, you end up spinning your wheels a lot mm -hmm. and thinking, I'm going to bag this elephant. If I just keep at it, if I keep at it, I'm going to get this big sale. Sure. Um, so I disagree with you on that. I do also, however, agree with you that uh, most pe most salespeople do not have a full enough pipeline. Yeah. Right? And, and so the, the thing is, I think it's a balancing act. You keep bringing in new prospects, yeah. but you have to flush some of them out too. Sure. And, but I, I, again, I think studies will tell you that, and my guess is through, you know, your, uh, for, through brand of eight and through some of the other stuff, you worked with some high achievers, right? Oh, absolutely. And so my guess is those folks probably did follow up, uh, enough and to the point where you, like you said, they, they need to let some of them go. But I think, especially when it comes to new salespeople and, and frankly, you know, I've got some new salespeople on my team. Right. Most of the time, people get really uncomfortable at the third or fourth follow-up. And you know, sometimes it's just a matter of the client not being in a space right then. They haven't rejected you as a person. They haven't re rejected your thing. You're just not a top priority. And so I think right. that that's that balance that you're talking about. It, it is. And I think I'm probably more alluding to the times where you've had contact with a prospect and they say, call me next month. Right. Call me next week. And it's this continual dance of, I don't want to hurt your feelings <laughs> and I'm just going to keep putting you off until you go away. Yeah. And, and it's, as a salesperson, I think to be super successful, you have to learn when when they're telling you the truth to go away. Yeah, it's the it's that saying that they say uh, no's are fine, yeses are great, but maybe's will kill you. 
Exactly. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right, Kirby. Got another topic for us? Well, cool. Yeah. So I'm in a season, you know, uh, just working on different businesses or whatever. And just like everybody, you know, I get tired and I get frustrated and I get... And you get cranky. And I do get cranky sometimes, right? Um, but so, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, okay, I need a dose of inspiration. I need a dose oh, of motivation. Thanks. Yep. thanks, Kirby. I'm ready to give you your dose of it. Oh, you were not talking No, absolutely. Me. You are, you <laughs> are one of the voices that I, I reach out to when I, I need uh, somebody to kind of give me a pat on the back or a kick in the rear. But I think potentially outside of our s- sphere of influence. So I'm, I'm picturing the, you know, the people on YouTube, the, the content creators in the world, who are some of those voices? Who are some of those people that inspire you? And if you want to, I, I can answer myself and give you a couple seconds to think about it because again are it's you, unscripted <laughs> right are you asking in the industry or out of the industry I, i'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking sure. outside of the industry okay. those are the names i have sort okay. of yeah, uh, put go down ahead. go ahead and give me yours i'm gonna okay. I'm, gonna ha- I'm gonna half listen to you and jot down <laughs> that's fine so uh you know i'm gonna mention one of the obvious ones that we talk about a lot is seth godin but if i'm being completely honest i think the one that is my go-to is gary v gary vaynerchuk um he's a guy that i he creates so much content that there's just no way I can consume it all. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a team of people who are following him around and documenting his, his kind of journey. Um, and I admire that. And what I found is if I have five, 10 minutes where I can listen to one of his things while I'm doing something else, I can usually pick something out of it that, that, that strikes me. And so he's one that kind of inspires me. And then actually Casey Neistat, I don't know if you're familiar with Casey. Um, I'm not. But he's a he's like a really famous vlogger. I know that's your favorite term, but that's what he does. It uh, sounds so vaguely sexual. Yeah. Well, again, uh, we've been dancing around that topic yes. this whole podcast. So uh, we have. So, but he is he's got literally millions of followers on YouTube, um, and just sold his company to CNN. Um, but he is a, a guy who really creates. He's a filmmaker, essentially, right? Okay. And uh-huh. so when he creates a vlog, it is beautiful. It mm. is so well shot and so well edited. It's sort of not, like the messaging doesn't inspire me as much as I look at it and go, oh, man, we need to create something that looks more like that because it's just so well done. So those are right. two voices. Okay. I've, I've got two okay. um, outside the industry. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in Gary V. He absolutely, but I don't want to be the redundant man of redundancy. <laughs> so I'm not going to wax poetic about Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, because uh, I think we both are, are kind of fanboys of him. Yep. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to mention two. Uh, one is Joe Polizzi. Oh yeah. Who is kind of right now, uh, my favorite person on the planet because I am I am so entrenched in in creating meaningful content, um, not only you know just for us but also for Promo Corner. Yeah, right. That's a big part of what Promo Corner does is we are as we seek to be the the leader in digital marketing for the industry, and so Joe has written some great books and yep. I've I his most recent one was called Content Inc. I've read it I think already twice in the three <laughs> weeks I've had it. It is already becoming dog eared, which is a great compliment to any book yep. and I, I, I'm almost using it as, as a, almost a Bible yeah. to, to a certain extent. He's so awesome. Yeah. Definitely a, a lot of experience. And then 
The other thing I always focus on, I think you know, outside of differentiation of content, is the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And someone who I learn from every time I read something of his, or I I have the honor of calling him a friend too, I I, I call him a friend, is Stan Phelps. Mm, Uh, Stan Phelps has written a series of books uh, uh, called goldfish so it's red goldfish purple goldfish green goldfish blue goldfish so on and so forth but it's all centered around the little things that make a customer experience so real and tangible to the end user that makes them willing and thrilled to pay for that experience over and over and over again yeah no stands great and joe yeah joe is i remember when you were going to see him at an event and I'd said, I think you're going to really like that guy. He's, he's, he's really good. No, absolutely. I met him at the High Five conference where I was speaking in Raleigh, and he was speaking there as well. And I will tell you, he made my promo pants go crazy. <laughs> um, For sure. Because he, he was so genuine, and he and I had about a 10-minute conversation. And I was explaining to him what I was doing, and he had talked about what, what he had done from a content perspective, and I shared with him my content journey, and he couldn't have been more supportive. And, uh, you know, it, it's great when um, – you know, someone takes the time to just really listen to you, and he did, and stands the same way. Just great people who have yeah. great messages that uh, are not only transferable to the promotional products business, but really business in general. Yeah. The way it's done today. Yeah, well, well done. Good, good job by you. That's those are two good ones for sure. Okay, so I've got kind of a fun one here. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite places on earth. Well, first of all, I'm a nerd, so let's all <laughs> get that out of the way. We know. One of my favorite places on earth is a grocery store. Um, I can go to the grocery store and get completely lost in the packaging. I love the, the whole science of how the grocery store is laid out. I love how, you know, they'll say something's new and improved. But if you look at the old box next to the new box, the new box is five ounces lighter or whatever. I mean, I just love that whole experience in in it represents a world of possibilities especially since i love to cook so you go in and into a grocery store it's amazing what we have at our fingertips sure but my question to you is when it comes to food and beverages that you would get in a grocery store so let's limit it to that where will you go where will you venture away from a brand and let me give you an example so as a youth my parents were uh, well. We're, we're Scottish, so we don't say cheap. We say thrifty. Okay. <laughs> and my parents were thrifty, and it was pretty rare that we had Coca Cola in our house. We mm. usually had Shasta. Mm, okay. Okay. So yeah, a sure. private label brand, or or sometimes we even have the local grocery store brand of cola. You know, just generic cola with a K. Right. And to me. That's just wrong. It's not Coke. <laughs> it's not Coke. Whereas if you go get frozen shrimp, I don't think it matters if it's Gorton's or the store brand. It's probably about the same. So do you have brands that you will never deviate from in the grocery store because you feel like it's the only, like Coke is, Coke is only going to taste like Coke. It's not going to mm-hmm. taste like the, you know. Or my favorite is, you know, you could get Dr. Pepper or you can get Dr. Thunder, <laughs> the store brand. Well, Dr. Thunder, that, never mind. Well, uh, I've never seen Dr. Thunder's credentials, so I'm not even sure he's a doctor. But, no, do you have any brands that you're that you're only going to get from the grocery store? Like, would you get private label 
Nilla Wafers or does it have to be the brand Nilla Wafers? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, no, I think that one, private label, I'd be down with. Um, I'd say the things that I wouldn't, like, just right off the top of my head, craft uh, macaroni and cheese is the only kind of macaroni Ooh, and cheese nice. that I am interested in. <laughs> like, I just, nice. I'm not interested in surprises in nice. a box. Uh, pop tarts, just the, like, I do, I have, we've, in the past, I know, I don't eat a lot of pop tarts anymore, but when I do, pop tarts. I don't I was about to say, why the hell are you eating pop tarts? Well, you know, those things are mailable. <laughs> Well, they, I, I like having things that are completely sugar. Okay. Um, and speaking of completely sugar, Mountain Dew. Like, I'm not interested in Mellow Yellow. I'm not interested in any of the other whatever that would be called. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, those would be three that I, I would be pretty brand specific on. Yeah, and, and what I'll add to that is I love beef jerky. I do. Mm, okay. Um, but I can't get the store-bought beef jerky. I'm, I mean, a store-brand beef jerky. I'm sure it's just as good. Mm-hmm. But I need the actual, you know, Jack Links or something like that. I okay. can do it. And the same thing, and I very rarely eat potato chips. Okay. But when I want chips, I want Lay's or Hers or a decent name that I know of. That and I'm not going to get the Kroger brand. Okay. I'm just not. I will not pull the trigger on it at all. Okay. No, that's fair. Th- those don't bother me. I mean, like an ibuprofen. I was. I wrote down like <laughs> butter. <laughs> you yeah, know, those are things yeah. I don't care. But I think it's interesting as we are in. And the reason I ask this is because we're all in the branding industry, sure. right? And so it's interesting to see what we're all comfortable with deviating from the brand mm-hmm. where we think it's no matter what box it is it's all the same inside because butter is a perfect example kirby mm. land of land of lakes is usually about a dollar or two dollars more than the store brand yeah i'm sure there's a bit of a quality difference <laughs> is there but i can't but i can't yeah, tell i don't know that there is a- by the same token i know that the store brand version of oreos I'm not getting those. Yeah. I'm getting Oreos. <laughs> so it's very interesting to see where every person. And I think you learn a lot up. about somebody. Yeah, where somebody draws a line. So I just thought I'd bring that. That's up. Fun. A fun. one there. I like that one. That one's really good. That one's Do you really have a good. quick? Do you have a quick one we can wrap up with? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, so my wife and I, you know, we've got um, a sophomore. We've got a, a freshman in college, sophomore uh, in mm-hmm. high school. So we're looking down the road and seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Of, mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're going to need to start hanging out again um, mm-hmm. <laughs> without uh, kids running interference. And so one of the things I said is, heck, we ought to try to start going to movies together again. Right. And so we went the other night to the movie Going in Style. Um, if you're not familiar, it's Michael Caine, uh, Morgan Freeman, and Alan Arkin. Um, okay. The three old guys that decide uh-huh. they want to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. And so as you might expect, the... Um, the audience in that uh, specific movie was not – we were one of the younger people there. I'm sure you were. <laughs> um, and uh, it was good, by the way. But it was uh-huh. so funny because we sat in between uh, some older folks than us, and a young – like four young kids walked in, and the, the older people started bitching and moaning that these, these young kids are going to be there. And mm-hmm. it was to the point where it was just weird. Like before the young people did anything to disrupt the movie? Exactly. Okay. And let me just tell you, and they didn't, the kids, I don't think, hurt them because it was like right when they walked in the door, don't sit them here, don't sit them here. And of course they sat right there. Right. And the, the kids didn't make a damn peep. They didn't make a noise. They didn't have their phone out. But those, the, the older couples on either side of us talked through the whole damn thing. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's just, it's just funny to me. It goes back to our conversation that age shaming is just so silly 
it, it really <laughs> is. I think the first thing that strikes me when you tell me this story is I'm impressed that movies produced in the last three to five years actually make it to Coshocton, Ohio. So that's <laughs> that's in an, I think I think that's the big victory. Oh, that hurts. This. That hurts. Well, usually the truth does. Oh, that hurts. Um, but no, it's very very funny. As you know, my my I, my kids are 14 years old. They're twins. They are uh, just finishing up the horror that is middle school oh, and man. entering entering the equal horror that is their freshman year <laughs> in high school. And uh, no, and 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 my wife and I've talked a, a little bit about Sandy, and I've talked about hey, we need to start kind of doing a little more just you and me, and, yeah, and, and all that. So that's uh, that's interesting. And in to your point about the uh, the age shaming, I think it almost goes back to your point earlier about uh, Facebook and social media. Yeah, why don't you why don't you let people piss you off? <laughs> that's right. On their and own then, terms. Yeah. yeah. And then and then get pissed off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead of assuming they're going to be jerks, why don't you just let them have the opportunity to not be a jerk? Yeah. And this is probably a topic for another day, but really quickly I was having a great conversation with a friend of mine and he said it's one of our problems with our culture is that we're outraged about everything. And so when right. there's a real thing to be outraged about, we don't have like we're already at ten. <laughs> yeah, so no. it's, it's hard to go to 11, right? It, it, well, unless you're spinal tap. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, for so, sure. No, that is a topic for another time. And I think with that, Kirby, we are near the end of our time. Yes, sir. So as always, thank you for taking the time to do the podcast. And a special thanks to our friends at CommonSkew. They really do have a great platform. Kirby's a customer, uh, a longtime customer. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go to commonskew.com backslash unscripted, get a free trial. Try it out for yourself. I think you'll be amazed. I think Kirby would agree with me. You'll be amazed at how beautiful it is and how easy it is to use and really will make your selling life a hell of a lot easier in our industry. Absolutely. Check it out. All right, with that, we are out. Kirby, have a good one. You too, bro. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday only at promocorner.com, the leading digital marketing service for the promotional products industry.